Hi, I'm Megan Skidmore, and this is the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. I'm a woman, daughter, sister, spouse, mother, life coach, and person of faith on a mission to normalize asking questions and allowing doubts, not only in a faith journey, but in all aspects of life. Join me in bringing this traditionally taboo topic out of the shadows of shame and into the light. I'm a firm believer that we normalize through more talking and engaging in discussion. More talking peels back, exposes, and erases the layers of shame associated with questions and doubts. When we're more authentic about our journey, we are more powerful because shame has no power in the face of authenticity. This month, August of 2023, marks the one-year anniversary of Beyond the Shadow of Doubt, and simultaneously, we hit 5,000 downloads. I am so excited and appreciative of those who have come on and allowed me to interview them and share their stories, as well as those of you who are listening, downloading, sharing it with friends, subscribing, and leaving reviews. Each of these actions helps this podcast to grow and the messages and stories to spread far and wide. I feel especially grateful because as a podcaster who identifies as a cisgender female, sharing my story as an LGBTQ plus mama of conservative faith, you are amplifying many voices that fall in the marginalized category. So my genuine thanks. I ask you a favor, and that is to subscribe if you have not, share a favorite episode with a friend, and most importantly, take two minutes and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. In celebration of this one-year anniversary and 5,000 downloads, I've extended my podcast giveaway through the end of August. Leave a five-star review to be entered into a drawing for a $100 gift card that is good at several different restaurants. Go break bread with someone you love. Invite a friend to leave a review, and if their name is drawn, you both win your own gift card. Help me reach my goal of 10,000 downloads by the end of 2023. Link with the info on how to enter is in the show notes or the bio of my Instagram profile. Thank you for being here. Now on to today's episode. So my daughter lives in North Carolina and um, she lives with with her boyfriend and um, people want to feel sorry for me and mourn for me. But then when they see her, you know, on Instagram or she came home for Christmas, everybody that runs into her, they tell me, I cannot believe how happy she is. And I will say, she is. She is doing the best that I've ever seen her. She's just happy. She's And she's a great adult. Like, she's making really good choices. She's caring. She's loving. She's paying all her bills on time. She's just <laughs> doing... She's like, wow. succeeding at like, this adulting thing. And right, she's not... Hours. Uh Yeah, she's not on a path to sorrow. She's not um, turned into an alcoholic or, you know, just like, oh, she left the church and this happened or, you know, like, it's really been a lesson for me to say, whoa, hold on, you know, don't paint everybody's journey that leaves the church as not for them, you know, very sorrowful. Maybe this is really the path that they're supposed to go on. And Kaylee, she may not be on a church journey anymore, but she's still on a spiritual journey. She still finds God a lot in nature. I know that she's still a spiritual person. And so I'm still learning lessons. Like like I still am. My, My kids are still teaching me a lot and I am unraveling some of these old ideas or these old 
ways of thinking that I'm like, okay, I need to shift my paradigm because that's really not my lived experience anymore. And I'm, I'm really confident in raising my hand in classes and say, you know, Hey, um, like, look at it, this, you know, that this has been my experience and this has been my point of view with my kids and they're doing really well. And I don't see God abandoning them. And in fact, God said he wouldn't abandon my son, Yeah, that he will be with my son. So I think you brought up a really uh, important observation and that is what those in your church slash civic community, your neighbors, whatever, those that had grown up with you observed um, when in this specific case, when your daughter returned home and they could see that she is happy. I, to me, that just emphasizes the problematic language when we use terms like lost or, or wayward or um, you know, what are, what are some of the other words that you used, um, not on a good path or yeah. losing their, their way, um, there, or they're even like, like lazy learners, lax disciples, right? There, there is a lot of hurtful language. Cause that's just really not a lot of people's lived experiences. Right. And, and one of the things that I have learned in, in my work as, uh, a coach, but also as as a human and a mom, you know, is for someone to say or, or view somebody as lost or wayward, sinning, becoming darker is actually more of a reflection, perhaps on me or whoever the speaker is, rather than um, that individual. It's a reflection of their views, right, and and wherever they might be at uh, in their life, because what might look like to someone as lost could actually mean they were pushed out or what may look like quote unquote wayward, whatever that might mean, could actually be someone genuinely trying to reconcile their lived experience in their identity, for instance, with the messages that they have been receiving, whether from home, society, a civic or a faith community, or what is labeled as losing their light could actually be somebody suffering from depression or anxiety or other significant health challenges due to lack of mental, physical, spiritual support. Perhaps they just have a resting face, quote unquote, resting face that's just solemn or chill or serious, right? Who knows? I just, I just think it's so important to be aware of what we're saying and how it sounds and reserve judgment, just suspend any judgment calls, labeling, whatever. Um, Leave that up to the savior, leave that up to God. And also I think it's, it's opening your heart to be open to maybe really that is the journey they're supposed to be on. And God's okay with that. Just be like, you don't have to be okay with it. And that doesn't have to be your journey, but just be open to like, you know what? If that's your experience, I believe you. I believe you. I love you. I believe you. And I hope I wish you the very best on your journey, spirit, your spiritual journey or whatever it is. I really do. Cause I'm on, I'm on this journey and I hope you believe me when I tell you things about my journey and I want to believe you and let's just stay open that it's not always black and white, you know, 
Mm-hmm. It's either this or that. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of both and. Yes. And I think if we could get to where we were both and in a lot of things, it can be both and it can, you know, and like it can be, it can be two things at once. And I think that's, that's hard for some people. It was hard for me. Like, honestly, like I'm, I've been on both sides of the fence now and I, it's really fresh, you know, five years or so ago, what I was thinking and feeling. So I have, I feel like I have grace for people who are still in that narrower mindset. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I feel like I can give them some grace because I was there. I was there and I know, like, I know you're thinking and yeah. now I'm on the other side. And so, you know, I feel like my, my heart went, was like the Grinches, you know, where at the end of the movie, it goes from like a little teeny heart to like, come on, you know, and um, uh-huh. explode. It, it's what, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a painful experience, but boy, I'm not, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back at all. Yeah. Cause you know, you look. You had mentioned earlier this um, this analogy of the fruits. You had been taught mm-hmm. that you know I'll, I'll know by their fruits what you know of their goodness, right? And if you look at the fruits of this approach of judgment or labeling, I mean, in my experience, that just that drives wedges. Does yes. uh, it builds bridges? it does not build bridges bridges sorry and if anything it adds more bricks to to any walls that might be there um rather than (laughs) rather than um dismantling them i guess um i really like this this theme of talking about worth um what a beautiful moment that was a minute ago when you kind of had that aha moment listening to me reread your post of this struggle that you had um, that you were possibly having with your own conception of your own worth, right? I wanted to talk a little bit about worth. We talk a lot about that in the LDS faith, and I looked it up. Okay. Yeah, what does it say? Um, it's of Hebrew origin. Um, it means value, equalization, important significance, magnitude. Those were some of the words. And then it gives the word in Hebrew. I'll put it in the show notes because I can't read the letters, <laughs> the characters, I should say. Yeah. But it, the concept is of is of seeing. It literally mean it means literally seeing. S E E N. Mm-hmm. You know, we believe that our human dignity originates from God, and is of God because we are made in God's own image and likeness. And human life is sacred because the human person is the most central and clearest reflection of God among us. I I just love, I love words. I love descriptions because I think historically we treat worth more as a um, quantitative thing, mm-hmm. right? Checking boxes. Yeah. And, um, perhaps even a moral qualitative thing. And I think that can be dangerous. Whereas if we just look at it in this historically, I'm assuming the reference that I I found and I will put it in the show notes. I'm always up to feedback, open to feedback. Um, Our our worth, it's this concept of just literally being seen. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts about that. (laughs) 
Um, I, I will agree with you. Like it, it is, um, you know, are we worthy enough? Are we, you know, are we checking the boxes so we can be worthy for that temple recommend? Or I think we use it in the wrong context, maybe. Um, we all we all grew up with that word, and I feel like so. I'm a big proponent of finding help outside of you know church or whatever, because there wasn't a lot of help for me. So I got a life coach. And I've also, if you've ever, um, Valerie Hamaker, the um, Latter-day uh -huh. Saint struggles. Yes. I was in, I was in a couple, um, a few months of her groups. She does some group work if, you know, um, I know she has wait lists for it now, but super, super helpful. And she mentioned one time, your worth has already been established before you even came here. Your worth, you cannot add to it and you cannot take away. And I had to sit with that and sit with that. And I was like, you're right. Mm -hmm. You're our worth in the sight of God. I can't add or take away from that. I am, I am worthy. I am seen. I am loved. And that, like, I can't do anything to make God not love me any less than my neighbor. And that was just really pivotal. I think I mentioned that one time in the Relief Society class that like, like my worth is already established. And I, you know, I, I mentioned something like that. And, and, and I know people were like, what, <laughs> like, what are you saying? Like, you're completely wrong. Or maybe, maybe I made some people think, but I think we use that word entirely wrong. And I think that word is triggering. It can be triggering to hear word like worthiness interviews. I mean, don't you remember like them being called mm -hmm. that worthiness interviews? Um, and it, it just, it can produce a lot of anxiety with people. Mm -hmm. um, it can produce shame. And we all know where shame comes yeah. from. Shame is not from God. I, I have um, learned how to um, kind of reassess the way that I view this concept of worth. And um, yeah, I agree with what you quoted uh, semi-quoted uh, Valerie is saying yes. you know our our worth it is inherent it existed um it has always existed and it's it's um unchangeable it's that that idea of our human dignity it originates and is of God because yeah. we are of God um we are a reflection of God and that is a concept I have had to kind of call into question and, and re reassess how I, I view and understand it. So I, I appreciate that very much. Right. And, and I, and I sometimes find myself pulling back to my old way of thinking, because, you know, those neurotrans, you know, those pathways in my brain are deep, they're they really deep. deep and I'm trying to make new pathways and I find myself, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 stop stop using that word in that way. Um, you know, we need to think of it, you know, and, and honestly, it's brought a lot of peace into my life mm -hmm. where I'm at in my journey. Um, I'm, I'm good. Like right. I'm, I'm so good. I'm happy mm -hmm. and I'm not scared yeah. of my heavenly parents. Like I'm not scared of God. Like I used to be, or, oh, I'm not measuring up. I'm not measuring up. Definitely I'm not doing everything. I didn't get to the less. temple last mm -hmm. month. I'm so sorry. I'm going to repent. I don't do that anymore. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like I can breathe. You know, and I caught that you, 
you brought this up once in a in a group meeting at church. I think you said the Relief Society class. And that's not easy. It's not okay. easy to bring up these uh, these new concepts as we are not new concepts, but our new um, understandings. It's that's not an easy thing to do to be authentic, to be vulnerable about where we're at in a group setting such as that. So, you know, kudos to you for, for doing that. And that, that brings up a question I'll sometimes ask my guests is this idea of safe spaces. I have come to realize how it's not always a clear thing for people to understand what is meant by a safe space. So if you were to share with our listeners um, this idea of being able to be authentic, to be vulnerable in a safe space, you know, in other, in other words, be in the presence of others. And you're basically, you know, facing this fear of rejection or loss or no longer belonging or whatever. So what would your thoughts be that you could share regarding creating safe spaces? What is that to you? You know, just like you said, it's, it's, like some of the best lessons, I remember teaching Relief Society, being a teacher, and some of the best lessons I had were the ones where the spirit just took off and I, I did maybe a quarter of my lesson that I prepared. And But it was the spirit and people felt like we had a few people that would share hard things. Mm-hmm. They would share personal stories. And I think a safe space in classes honestly is where you can share and you feel like you're being heard and seen. So if I'm going to share something, I usually, um, I usually try and like, especially, especially if it's kind of the opposite of of a comment that somebody else just said, you know what I mean? I usually will say, you know, oh, I totally, I totally get that. But just in my experience, and I always use that just in my experience, I've seen it this way and that's how it's, you know, that's how I felt the spirit or that, you know, and, um, and I, I, I put it all on myself. I put it all on myself, but this is just Kim talking and this, and it's so, you know, um, when I, when I've brought up vulnerable times, you know, like I, I remember a couple of weeks ago talking vaguely about the answer that I got about Ben over the sink because over the kitchen sink, because, um, we were talking about that scripture says you will have a peace that passes pass path passeth all understanding. Mm. And that scripture brought me a lot of personal, like it just brought me a peace at that time because I it didn't, I didn't really understand that Heavenly Father would tell me that, something like that. But it brought me such peace. And so I was able to relay that to the class that hey, this is just what happened to me. It may not be your experience and it may be your experience in the future, but I just felt like it was important to let you guys know that. I also think if we do not feel like we can share and be vulnerable in our classes, how can we ever expect to to enact our baptismal covenants, to bear one another's burdens, comfort one another, grieve with one another. If I don't know what's happening with you, how can I hold your burden for a minute while you're in class? You know, I think talking to talking and sharing our burdens is therapeutic. 
And having someone come up and give you a hug afterwards and say, I'm so glad you shared that with me. Thank you. And just, just being heard and seen is holding someone's burden and maybe giving them a little bit of comfort. And isn't that what church should be? Shouldn't we go there to be healed because we're all sick, you know, and we just want to come and we want to, we want to share like, and in my relief society, nobody shares, hardly anybody shares personal stuff or, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm kind of having some hard times with this or this or this. They don't want to look, they don't want to be labeled as that person and be shoved to the outside. And that's, that's the, um, that's the challenge, right? To be the one, the one to, to be first to, to talk, so to speak. Um, I think that that's probably more common, right? I, I have taught lessons as well. And I, I find, and, and I'm going to state right up front, it's not easy. It's not easy to pull your guard down and just stand up there emotionally naked for lack of a better term, and just share your your stuff. But I have found that the more I do that, others tend to follow suit. Mm-hmm. They feel more open or maybe safe um, sharing if, if somebody else has led. But it is, it's not always easy to be that first one. Um, to me, I, I had this thought while you were speaking, it's that both slash and piece that you mentioned before. Um, it's that either or 50-50 black and white tendency to think that way. That's what keeps us, I believe, from, from moving forward. And that was such a beautiful way that you put it. If I don't feel safe sharing my struggles, then how are we really and truly going to be able to fulfill our baptismal covenants to, to mourn with each other? and be there and support that that was I've never thought of it that way that's wow well we're all we're all carrying tremendous burdens it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are right now we're all carrying tremendous burdens and why not have Relief Society especially be a place to come and be comforted and to have someone else hold help hold your burden just for a minute just let me help you with your you know I'm gonna let me hold this for just a minute and and listen to you and try and understand you and give you a hug and say, I love you. Yeah. You can do this. Or what can I do to help? Like it just, that would be the ultimate church for me would just be, we can all go and be really vulnerable and try and understand each other's situations and just cheer each other on instead of, you know, I would say that is the dream of mine too. The only thing <laughs> I would add is that it's not gendered anymore <laughs> because, um, those that identify, that's one thing I, I have a hard time with is the Relief Society versus the priest. Yes, 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 yes. There's not a place for yes. those that identify differently in the gender spectrum. Yes. Um, but I absolutely agree with the yeah. feeling of being able to walk in there and just share your heart and know that you're going to be received with open, loving arms that will embrace you versus judgment or looks or stares or worse you know, silence and someone kind of staying away or walking the other way, whatever the case may be. So yeah, definitely some wonderful golden nuggets, different um, ideas to, to tuck can away. I, can I say one more thing? I am not always, I am not always strong. And there are some Sundays 
when I, I can't, I'm not strong enough. And, and I, I just deal with me so, anxiety or yes. I don't go to class and I minister in the foyer because those people that are in the foyer, especially like maybe our trans people that mm-hmm. can't go anywhere, but the foyer or they walk home. Yeah. Um, that's where you can do a lot of ministering. And, and that, that is 100% valid, Kim. And I'm so glad that you said that. I'm not trying to paint myself as like this great leader. And I'm always, you know, cause it's, it is, it depends on the Sunday. And I'll tell you what I've given the label. It's called the Saturday night scaries. And my anxiety for Sunday starts Saturday night. And I call them the Saturday night scaries. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's not going to be effective. There's three zones, right? If you envision a circle, you've got the inner circle, which is your your zone of comfort. People tend to stay there. It's like a nice, warm, fuzzy blanket. And there is room enough in this blanket to just wrap you completely up and you're comfortable. And then there's the zone of, of growth. And that's one ring right outside of that zone of comfort where you're uncomfortable. You're pushing yourself, but you're not going to hit an emotional overload or um, you're not going to break down, I guess we could say. Then the third ring outside of that is what what we call our zone of panic. Nothing gets done that's productive in the zone of panic. That's where the shutdown occurs. That's where sometimes you you can almost go backwards, right? We don't ever want to push our nervous systems outside of where we're actually able to function. And there is a difference between feeling the nerves or the jitters. I remember as a kid feeling that when it was testimony Sunday, and I'd want to go up and bear my testimony. Those nerves, that's, that's different than complete shutdown. And it's going to be different for every single person. What causes my nervous system to trigger is going to be totally different than what causes your ner- nervous system to trigger. And it is so important to honor that within ourselves and recognize and honor it in others. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up because I'm saying be first or be one of the ones to stand up and, and say, yeah, that might be you. It might not be you. Yeah. It could be you one-on-one with your child. First and foremost, right. that's still being vulnerable. Right. That is still being authentic. It can still be scary. You don't have to do it in front of an entire room of people for it to be valid. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost feel, I almost feel bad sometimes because honestly, I think for our LGBTQ people and their families, it seems like a lot of them follow their child out of the church. It just isn't a safe place. They don't feel belonging. I feel like an anomaly. And I feel like I don't want people to look at me and say, well, she's doing it. She's staying in the church. She's got, you know, she's just, she's handling it all really well. This is just my own journey. And I realize and recognize that for many families, it just isn't possible. They're just, you know, they're just, in fact, we have some families in my ward right now and they are just not coming anymore. And I know why. And, and I told that is their journey that I validate that I validate yes. that it is just not somewhere where they can go, right. where I can still go. Yes. Um, even though it's, you know, it's painful and anxiety yes. filled and stuff, I'm still finding myself going. And I, I find it's like kind of a mission of mine because I can kind of redirect conversations. And if I'm able to, I want to, yes. but I recognize that it's just not right. that way for so many families. Yes. And, and I appreciate you, you saying that. 
Uh, and it goes back to that personal revelation piece, right? Uh, yeah. Each of our journeys is just that. It is personal. This has been amazing and so enlightening and beautiful on so many levels. My one last question is, Kim, what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? Okay, so that was <laughs> that was such a unique question. And I, I, I remember just like, what does that even mean? And living beyond the shadow of a doubt means, um, I don't know, it was just something I'd never really thought of that before. Because I have, it's not that I don't have doubts, I have plenty of doubts. And I have plenty of things that I've just had to set down. And I just don't pick them up. And I just kind of do things my own way. But I feel like it's carrying, you're carrying on, you know, living beyond that doubt is you're going to have doubts and you're going to, and, and it's finding your journey, however you want it. If it's important to you to stay connected with God and Christ, it's finding that journey beyond your doubts. Wow. And I love Chaco Okazaki and yes. her words have brought me such peace and oh. such acceptance. And so I wrote down one of her quotes I wanted to share. She's, and so sure. I, I think be, living beyond the shadow of doubt can be like finding your own spiritual authority, right? I, I'm finding my way beyond these doubts and they don't have to cripple me, but I'm finding my way and I'm finding my journey. And so she says, be spiritually independent enough that your relationship with the Savior doesn't depend on your circumstances or what other people say and do. Have the spiritual independence to be a Mormon, the best Mormon you can in your own way. Not the bishop's way, not the Relief Society president's way, but your way. I love that. Have what, what was that taken from? What, what, I don't remember. Um, okay. I would I would Google Chaco Okasaki and then put in quotes, be spiritually independent. Okay. I, will I think that. she, I think it was a conference talk. And then okay. she also, she also, this was one more. And she says, please don't think that you must make footprints exactly the same way everybody else does. She says, I'm here to tell you that you can do it in your own way. And there are many ways of being righteous. And there are many ways of being Mormon. And I thought, thank you. Because I, I, I feel like this is my church too. Can you accept me? You know, can you accept my ways of thinking? Because I want to go and worship with you. And I feel called to go to church. And sometimes I feel like, if you're not all in, you're out and we don't, we don't want you. Why are you here? You know? Um, so yeah, I just think yeah. it's finding your way when you're pushed out into the weeds and you're just, you're not on that usual path anymore. And you're just, you're kind of lost and there's no grasping. <laughs> yeah. You're grasping for, for direction. And how do I do this? How do I, how do I, how do I deal with, you know, something that comes up, even church history, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's just so many things that you're just like, <sighs> baby steps, right? Baby steps. I love your, your viewpoint. That's, that's really lovely, really beautiful. And I love Chico's words as well. So I'll email, I'll email you that quote, that quote, so you can put it in your notes. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll find I where I got it. that from an email. I too, would so love it. Kim, Look thank forward. you so very yeah. much for your time. So just to get to know you a teeny bit more, I have yeah. a short list of questions that I ask okay. all my guests. One or two word answers is all I'm okay. looking for, okay. just for fun. What is your favorite book? Ah, uh, goodness. 
Um, probably one I just read, uh, where the crawdads, crawdads sing. Oh, yeah. Yes. I just read that one. That I think I heard that one too. I'm one of those who I can read a book or watch a movie and then forget and redo it. And it's like, I see, I'm seeing it for the first time. <laughs> I think I've read that one actually. <laughs> Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I am both. You're both. I am a extroverted introvert. And once I knew you could have it both ways, you could have be a little bit of both. Yeah. I was like, yes, that's that both and split. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Okay. What about a favorite artist? Like music or painting Either. or you choose. Any? I really love music. Um, and I do not have, I really, um, <laughs> right now it's Taylor Swift because that's what my kids are listening to. And I've gotten into her lyrics and wow, that's she's a, a really line. good songwriter. Yeah. really enjoy she her words. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What about, um, do you consider yourself a night owl or a morning mark? A morning lark. You're one if of I have larks. to choose. <laughs> Do you have a celebrity crush? Mm, no. That's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't really. Um, what about still or carbonated water? Or do you do diet soda? Uh soda without gas. If you go to, to Europe and they you ask for water, they'll give you carbonated water. And I found that out by mistake. Yes. Just still water. Well, I do like flavor. Add a little bit of flavor. Yeah. And then finally, the furthest place you've traveled. Germany. Germany. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. Germany. Loved beautiful. it there. I, I could live there. It was it's very so beautiful. beautiful. Very yeah. beautiful. Good food. Totally. So. Uh, well, if folks had um, questions for you or wanted to connect with you, what would be the easiest way for them to do that? Um, Probably maybe reach out, reach out to me either on Facebook or I can give, I can even get my email. I do not mind giving out my email if people, yeah, I can put that in the show notes. I've had certain people reach out to me over the years, just saying, Hey, I'm just new to this. Can you help me through? Yeah. And I do have like a whole, um, kind of vault of really good readings that I, so I send state president, new state presidencies and bishops a packet um, with just the cream of the crop, really good sources. Like this is what I wish I would have had. Um, Perfect. and I'll, I'll even send them books like, okay. um, Richard Osler's book. I've, yes. I've sent uh -huh. that to presidencies, mailed it in the mail. Like that's how, that's how weird I am. But it, no, if anybody's looking for sources amazing. like that to give yeah. their bishops or state presence, I don't mind sharing my stuff okay, at all. I will do that. I will put your email in the show notes and yeah. That's a great resource to know about. So thank you so, so very much. Kim, it has been, yeah, it's been fun. This you was fun. That <laughs> was. Thank you so much for your time. It was good talking to you. You too. Come join me in Hopeful Spaces, a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions, which is sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. Hopeful Spaces is a monthly parent, caregiver, and ally support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. To join is free. Simply send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org. 
visit meganskidmarecoaching.com where you can find this podcast as well as additional free resources. Check the podcast show notes on any platform for links to sources cited. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram for more and to send me a DM. To help the podcast grow, please follow, rate, and review, as well as share it with a friend. Beyond the Shadow of Doubt is a proud member of the Dialogue Podcast Network, which is a part of the Dialogue Journal found at dialoguejournal.com forward slash podcast network. Founder Eugene England was a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar who wrote, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that this podcast is an extension of that vision. Thanks for being here. Until next time.